0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. No Bass and Brews podcast would be complete without my underwater robberies hat. You know that green one that I always wear? Well, you can pick that up at hooksethoodlums.com. One of the best teams out on the market right now, that Hookset Hoodlums team. And the gear is always on point. So make sure you go check them out. And remember, one passion, one team. Alex,
1: Paul, just remember, if it wasn't for jigs and bigs, bass and brewers would fucking suck. Give me that cab.
0: Is up everybody? I'm Alex with Swamp Rat Fishing and uh, this is Bass and Bruce, your weekly distraction from quality podcasts. Normally, normally on my right hand side, I guess, yeah, your right hand side, my left, listen, um, normally we have the jabber hammer, Paul Roberts, but uh, he's got a wicked case of the gout because he's basically a 50 year old man who can't take care of himself. So he might pop in the show. He might not. Uh, but we've got an awesome guest tonight. Literally, like we were talking before we got on. Uh, this is one of the reasons I start the show. I get to have some of my favorite creators on the show. We've got Ethan from Online Outdoorsman on today, and uh, it's just a real, real treat to have you on, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Well, first off, cheers, virtual. Cheers, beer. brother. Hey, what are you drinking? What are you drinking?
1: Oh, it's a tropical Oberon. Uh, okay, delicious, honestly. So Oberon is a it's a Michigan beer. So uh, for those of you who don't know me. Um, I'm wearing a Kansas shirt. That's where I'm from originally, but I live in Michigan now, and I am a fisherman. Uh, I like bass fishing is at my core, but I do a lot of ultralight fishing for numerous species. Bluegill, crappie, the list goes on. Um, but yeah, anyways, Michigan beer, Kansas shirt, that's me.
0: I like it. Tonight, I'm drinking the Laganitas Hazy Memory Ooh. Uh, in, a, in a tall boy. It's a hazy IPA. And uh, as Paul would say, so just so you know, uh, Paul likes to shout out the alcohols that are in the beer. So uh, I'm at a uh, a nine and a half percent alcohols.
1: Well, mine's 5.8. So you got me. But you You
0: have a second one right here. So (laughs) Perfect. And listen, Paul's been on this like white clock kick so uh anything you're drinking is better than a white claw and i appreciate you for drinking a real beer yeah hey fun of white claw. I've, been
1: to, I've been to lagunitas brewery in petaluma california so um
0: Pet- yeah
1: it's cool I like you know it's
0: it. crazy story i was actually at the brewery yesterday i'm currently in california right now in the bay area and uh oh. petaluma i i'm in the coast guard and uh we have a big training center there so i was just at the training center yesterday so we did some training and then we booked it over to the uh, the brewery afterwards.
1: And you were doing this too. You are a busy guy, and I gotta say, thank you for uh, thank you for having me on. While well, you've got a lot of stuff going on, and I'm glad you made it that brewery because it's
0: a pretty cool spot. Oh, it, it, it's a wonderful spot. I've actually been stationed here through. This is my third time stationed uh, out in California, and Lagunitas has always been the standby. So, Lagunitas, if you want to sponsor Bass and Brews for the low, low price of uh, a six pack, a little something, uh, we can make something happen, <laughs> but we got, we got Ethan on the show, Ethan, just in case people don't know who you are, uh, you kind of introduced a little bit more, uh, uh, just the full, the full gamut on, uh, on who you are.
1: Yeah. Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm definitely a bass fisherman at my core. That's what I kind of grew up doing. I was uh, in tournament fishing in college and that sort of thing. But once I got into the workforce, I found myself with less time to fish. And, um, I started getting a lot more into ultralight fishing and through doing so, I've also been making a lot of videos. It's just, uh, it's what I like to do. So YouTube, it's online outdoorsman. And basically I just talk a lot about ultralight fishing. I share my experiences and really just have a goal of helping people get out on the water and catch more fish, have a good time out there. Um, again, I'm more of a multi-species guy these days as a bass fisherman at my, in my heart, but I've really branched out and, you know, shoot, I caught a carp the other day and that was a riot. I I'm pretty much open to whatever. And, um, about a two and a half years ago or whatever it was, I started a, a fishing company called mule fishing, hence the hat, hence the flag. Um, and basically it's just a light line multi-species company it's made to simplify fishing really is what it comes down to so we'll talk about that i'm sure um Mm -hmm. between that and my job and my son and my wife and my life i keep pretty busy but i'm happy to be busy so
0: (laughs) i like i found your videos uh how i found your videos initially was there was this thing called a ned rig going out right and uh, i searched up ned rig and you were you know, in, in that top list that came out. And then I really fell in love with your channel uh, because you were multi-species. You went from, like, you were literally, we're going to gush a little bit. You were literally one of the guys, uh, this tidal river that I fish in New Jersey uh, also has, it has bass and it has uh, chain pickerel. But this spot has an abundance of giant white crappie. Nice. And I was like, uh, I, I caught one on accident on a Ned rig when I was just reeling it in, right? And I was like, whoa, how do I catch these? So I did go back to your channel and I saw you doing the multi-species thing. Your, your channel is actually one of the channels that made me pick up an ultralight. Cause I, I mean, I caught that thing on like a medium bass rod, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. got me into that. And I really like that you do that. Cause I feel like sometimes, especially as bass fishermen, we all love to catch big fat bucket mouths, right? Like that's what we want to catch. but sometimes it's good to just feel that tug.
1: Yeah. Especially with limited time. I think there's a lot of people like me out there that's like, you know you work a full-time job you have a family you have you have a lot of obligations in your life and it's like as much as you i would love and, and a lot of people would love to get out there for eight ten hours to go bass fishing and really dial in a pattern and catch all those bucket mouths like you said the reality is we might have 30 minutes after work or you know two hours on the weekend you know and with an ultralight you basically downsize your presentation which opens up a world of opportunity because everything that swims feeds on small insect, larva, bait fish. And so you might end up catching a five pound bass while just fishing ultralight gear, but you're also probably going to catch a lot of bluegill crappie. Uh, the list goes on. And that's kind of the approach I take these days. It's like, you know, I would love to go out there and chuck around a big swim bait for bass all day long, but I just don't have that time. And, uh, I'd rather just catch fish. <laughs> so yeah, that's my mentality.
0: I I, I like that, man. I, again, like it's, uh, like, I always pack the ultralight in the kayak now, always. And and also, if you guys don't know, he also kayak fishes a lot, too. And uh, I definitely looked at a lot of your videos. Like, I first been kayak fishing years ago. And uh, you were one of the first ones that I saw. But now I pack that ultralight all the time. Like, the bass aren't biting. Uh, screw it. I'll just shift the ultralight. We'll, we'll pick up whatever. We'll have a good time. Like,
1: it's funny. That's uh, that used to be kind of my style was I'd bring like three or four bass rods and then I'd have like one ultralight. Well, now I find myself going to the, well, partially because I, I have a problem and I keep buying more ultralight rods, but I, I go to the lake now and I have five ultralights. I don't even have a bass rod with me and I just, no I've just fallen in love with panfish. And like, I have this idea that I want to become the best multi-species angler like ever. Like I want to be able to go to any body of water across anywhere freshwater and catch every species of fish like that's like that's my long-term goal is if i can approach any body of water in my area and know how to catch perch and crappie and bluegill and pike and bass and and bullhead and everything i want that like i want to because i feel like that's cool like that's that's fully understanding an ecosystem
0: listen i mean it's not only that but talk about the flex right the flex if you could show up and use the ultralight. You are not going to skunk out, right? Because I mean, as long as you figure that out, right, you're giving your chances better not to skunk, because, oh, yeah. right? And and that's a huge flex. I, I think that's a, I think that's a great way to do it. That I mean, that's why I bring it just so I can show off.
1: Yeah, you, you, yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of people. There is a lot of people that comment the same stuff like on my videos. They'll be like, you know, I I go out there with the goal of catching bass, and then if that does not working, then I just I have an ultralight stick with me, and I make it work. And um, I love that mentality because it, it always gives you an opportunity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, what made you? Um, again, he's the online outdoorsman on YouTube. Check him out. But what made you want to start? Because uh, I like to talk to creators. Like, what made you start doing YouTube and kind of doing that whole thing? Because it's not a normal thing, especially uh, <laughs> for a lot of fishermen. It, it's not a normal thing.
1: Yeah, and it. And, you know, it's funny. Like, I actually love telling this story because I think it's really. I like to think that my mistakes can help encourage others, um, especially younger folks. Um, so when I was in high school, I started my first YouTube channel and that was when YouTube was basically in its infancy, um, especially YouTube fishing. So pardon me, I got a little burp going on here with the beer. So
0: (laughs) bass brews and burps, we got
1: (laughs) bass brews, beers, bop, burps, everything. Um, so basically I started a YouTube channel when I was in high school. I was cranking out a good amount of videos. Like this was when like John B was like a kid and I was like a high schooler. And, you know, it was a very small uh, community, like a small community. Like you, you watch, you could type in fishing and you would come up with like a hundred people like, and that, you know, that was very small. So anyways, I was doing that. I was having fun with it. Well, then I got to college and I was kind of anxious about it. I didn't want people to see this stuff. I felt weird about it. So I deleted a bunch of stuff and I stopped doing it. So then fast forward few years later, I graduate, go off, get a job. Great job, you know, living in California. And then I've been able to kind of progress in my career. But one thing that was really missing was that creative outlet. You know, I do sales for a living. I love sales. I love the people I interact with, but I don't really have the opportunity to create. And so I kind of picked back up the camera and I started doing a little photography and I'm like, I'm not really into this. And then I started videoing again and I started just playing around and I'm like, you know what? This is actually I missed this. I missed this a lot. And it had been several years. Um, but then in Arkansas, that's when I moved from California to Arkansas. And I really started hitting it. And I started making a bunch of fishing videos. And they were awful. Like, just so bad. Like, so, so pathetic. Um, but they got better. They got better over time. And um, I just have found that I'm so much happier um, when I do make stuff. And the more I make, um, the more encouraged I get. And the, the more excited I get to make something new. And so really, I I guess I just do it because it's fun to me and I do it because it, it's an opportunity to kind of create something good, um, because I like to think my stuff is somewhat, um, you know, good. Like, I feel like I help people. I feel like I make people happy. I bring a smile to the face. I think social media can be semi-toxic and I think it can cause a lot of problems, but I think it also can do a lot of good things. And so I find with, with the stuff I make, I, I at least hope I'm helping a few folks, um, and so, yeah, I guess the moral of the story is that, like, if you enjoy doing something, don't worry about what other people think. Just keep doing it. And uh, trust me, if you do that over the long haul, you're going to be a lot more proud of yourself um, looking back. Because I can tell you if I would have just stuck with it from the start, I probably would have a much larger, you know, success. But that's okay. <laughs> Anyways, I rambled. Sorry. I,
0: no, no, you didn't ramble. No, that's, uh, you know, I, I I posted a video on YouTube probably like two weeks ago, right? And this comes up a lot where people are like, like, I want to do this. I want to create, I, I want to have a YouTube channel. I want to have a podcast, whatever it is. They're like, I want to do it. And uh, there was one, uh, I'm sorry, I forget your name. Um, but I know, you know, because you uh, listen to the show. But he talked about how he puts all this work into these videos. And then he's like, and then I and, and then I get stuck staring at YouTube analytics. And I don't understand why it's not growing. And like, why even put in the time? And the basis of that video that I put out was basically like, excuse my language, not really, it's Bass and Bruce, fuck it. You do it because you like doing it. Like mm. why don't, don't, don't worry about that other stuff. Just do it because you like doing it. And I think the creators that I've talked to, the ones that are successful like yourself are, you can tell there's like, you're very genuine about it. You can tell that you enjoy what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Hey. And just to be clear, like, like I said, a lot of the stuff that I made when I first started getting into it, it's like, it wasn't even me, you know, it's was like, I was making it. These, I was like, Oh, like I want to succeed at YouTube. But then when I realized after making lots of mistakes is one, that's not sustainable. If you just keep making stuff that you think is going to grow you like, that's not, that's not what you actually want to make. (laughs) So it's not sustainable. Like you'll get tired of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Two um, it's too much work. It's like trying to like figure out what people are going to watch at scale is Like who cares? Like it doesn't matter. So to your point, yes. Make what you want to make if you want to make it and if you don't want to make videos like why you're, you're not going to like making videos with a million subscribers if you don't like making videos with 10 subscribers <laughs> like but I think sometimes we we our culture that we have is very much focused on status and it's about money and and those things and ultimately that should not ever be why you make videos because I can guarantee you that will not create happiness and I think we see that with a lot of larger scale creators that maybe aren't super happy in their personal lives and they don't show that. But um right. you have to be genuine. If if you show like your authentic self, I think you'll be better off in the long haul. Anyways, I'm I could go down a no. hole, hole here. I shouldn't
0: <laughs> listen it's bass and brews. That's what drinking some more of those. Uh we'll see where we get to. <laughs> but, but I think it's really important you say all that. Again, you should be doing it for for the love of this, right? You should be doing it because you want to I got I, I, Everybody wants their piece of the pie out of this, right? Everybody wants – they see all the big names. They see the uh, – I know we're not supposed to say it, It's a dirty word. Uh, we see the Guggen Squad out there making millions of dollars, uh, doing what they're doing, and, and they're doing what they're doing, right? But that's not going to be it.
1: Hey, and just to be clear, like uh, I, I don't think it should be a dirty that. word. I think a lot of people think that, you know, Guggen Squad – so just to be clear, I've never bought a, a Guggen bait, and I – Not nothing against them. I have nothing but respect. They have, they have been earlier on. They created before it was cool to create, and they've had success because of that. You, anyone that hates on them is probably just jealous. Um, do I agree? Like, do I love each one of them? Probably not. But I don't watch their stuff. Like, and it's nothing against them. It's just I'm busy creating my own. And um, so ultimately, don't focus on what other people are doing. Is kind of what I'm saying here. It's like, and don't worry if someone is succeeding. you know, if someone is succeeding, doing something different than you, it doesn't make them wrong, you know, it just makes them different. And that's OK. And that's kind of why uh, social media is kind of cool is you can uh, you can have success doing it your way. <laughs>
0: so, no, absolutely. I think. And, and and you've definitely shown that with what you're doing. Let me tell you what, there's not a lot of ultralight guys out there. There's not <laughs> a lot of uh, just uh, it, there's not a lot of guys that get really excited about catching a big, fat dinner plate size bluegill. Right. Like, and, and it's awesome be. to see they should be right. It's fun. Like it's fun. Um. So, so you do the YouTube, you're working through all that. So what made you decide to kind of like make your own baits? Like if you guys don't know, you said it before it's meal fishing um, and they're, they're fantastic multi-species baits. They are killer. Um. I had a video, this is a couple of videos. Years ago, right? But I was able to go home. I'm in California um, until I retire from the military, and then. Uh, but I was able to go back home about four weeks ago, and I took the wife out every year for her birthday uh, for the last three years or so. I, I take her out kayak fishing. So she was like, "Listen, I want to go on big river X. It's a big tidal river. I catch a lot of fish there. I love this. That's primarily what I do. It's kind of my jam, and I've like focused down years of learning this river." it's awful for video uh, views because people are seeing the same river every time but i don't care i love fishing it so she was like i want to go out for the you know i want to go out this time so i brought her out and uh i fish uh there i have a certain i use a flick shape like a weighted wacky worm and i just slay and uh she was having trouble setting the hook on it because it's a little tricky She's, she doesn't really fish. She fishes once a year for a birthday. That's yeah, it. Understandable. I going to tell you what, man. I gave her the ultralight. I gave her the ultralight with the donkey tail on it. I'm like, listen, cast this thing out. Let it sink a little bit. Slowly reel. And if that doesn't work, then we're going to let it cast all the way to the bottom. We're going to pop, and you're going to reel up slack. Instantly, the girl was into a mess of crappie, uh, and then, like, a mess of crappie, and then out of nowhere, this giant, uh, I'm going to estimate, because I caught it the next week it still had the jig in its mouth with the donkey tail hanging out but she what? caught about uh she hooked into like a four pound pickerel and yes. it's an ultralight so she only had like three pound test that thing jumped right next to her sliced uh-huh. the line gone but then the week uh-huh. later i found the jig with the donkey tail still in its mouth oh it my amazing. gosh that's incredible do you but, have video of
1: both of those things
0: uh i don't think i have a clue who actually you know what? The next video I have coming out, which I think is next week, I do have the video footage of okay, catching
1: the dog. Yeah, let's send me the link. I but I have a whole
0: it. video where she's just like, uh, "Well, yeah, she she slayed with it, and it was like the best thing ever." So, so like, what what made you kind of like push to start making your own baits?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is so. Again, I could make this as long of a story as you want, but I would I will try to make it semi-short. So. Everything kind of has come full circle for me. So when I was in high school, I also, when I made YouTube videos, I actually, I poured my own soft plastics and I, I started my own fishing company then. It was called uh, Hookups Tackle. And um, at that point, you know, I didn't know how to do all this stuff. So I spent a lot of time making baits and very little time actually selling them, you know, doing business, actually working on it. Um, Hey, Jabber Hammer, sorry to, <laughs> I didn't even... Hello.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Paul, can you hear us? Sorry, we don't mean to interrupt. uh, I think he crashed the whole stream. We're gonna go, Paul. All right, go.
1: ahead. He's looking (laughs) great. Um, So anyways, I started a company back then in high school, and then, you know, kind of phased out of it, whatever. But I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. And I've always kind of wanted to have my own companies. And I've had several throughout my life, and none of them really worked. But with Mule, When I started getting really heavy into ultralight fishing, I noticed a major gap with ultralight gear. There was, you know, there was plastics that were fine, um, but they've kind of been around for a long time and they weren't necessarily very innovative. And there certainly wasn't anything that was built with durability in mind. Um, And then on top of that, really where the original idea came from was jigs. Um, I just didn't like the jigs on the market for like light line usage. There was really nothing with a small enough hook that also had a keeper for a, a soft plastic and also had a head design. I liked, you know, there were some that had a, a weird head designs. There was some that had really too big hooks, right? Like a round ball jig. The hooks a lot of times are way too big for like bluegill and other certain species, trout, that sort of thing. Um, so I didn't like that. And it, they didn't pair well with true light line, like two to four pound test and then the the other ones, you know, there's some round ball jigs that might have a small hook, but they didn't have good colors options. So um, I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to look into this and and try to do it. So after several months of working on it and getting some products and testing them and going through the process, um, I launched the mule jigs. And originally I launched them in the 180th ounce size, the 164th and the 132nd. And it was really primarily focused on exactly what the company is still focused on today. Light line, multi-species fishing. Um, that has obviously progressed into a couple more sizes and some more innovation in the works, but it's also progressed into plastics and the difference um, with a mule fishing plastic. I don't even have any in front of me. I've got some over there, but um, is there hyper durable? I better grab one real quick. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Never <laughs> for. Um, so they're super stretchy. So, that's that same material as some of the other baits on the market but there was nothing on the market for panfish and multi-species usage. So I decided that I was going to come out with that to go with the mule jigs and um I did I just felt like there really there was a hole in the market and I wanted to help fill it and I wanted to really cater to light line anglers because I felt like they were kind of being underserved. I think the beautiful thing about the plastics is you know, they allow anglers to catch more fish, spend more time fishing, be more efficient on the water as opposed to constantly re-rigging. I think that we can all probably agree that most panfish are wildly aggressive and they love to rip stuff up. That's just the way they are. And they're always going to be that way. And I think the beauty of having something that's hyper durable and stretchy, but still has a lifelike action, allows you to catch more fish and stop re-rigging and save money really. So that's my pitch. I'll shut up now. No, <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I think the big thing. So obvious. All right. So, so you covered a lot. So I, I got a couple points here. One, like that jig works perfectly with that bait. What, what I need from you, Ethan is we, we need more of those jigs. Listen, folks, you got to watch that website when they go up, they sell out <laughs> quick, right? Like that, that jig head, and I've used multiple like basically like Ned head style or even the Mr. Crappy ones. Right. Your, your jig head works beautifully with that bait. It's freaking perfect. Um, so if, if you guys can out there, if you want to get into the mule fishing, like you got to hit that jig as soon as that thing comes out. Uh, but what's great about your bait, and there's another company that makes a lot of uh, durable baits that are very stretchy, right? But I feel like the action on yours, there's more action on it, right? Like that tickler, uh, Z-Man puts out that, that, that tickler Z, right? And I think that's the most action you can get out of one of their elastic baits. Your action is insane comparative to that, and I mean, some of that could be the gear, like the the head and the hook you're using it on, but it it works phenomenal. It's I've caught a crap ton of fish. The whole story with a Mandy just slaying crappie on them. You know what I mean? Like it it works wonderfully, and it definitely hits a market. You're right because. I can only look at Mister Crappie Bates for so long until it's the same thing over and over.
2: Did you just say yeah. cotton?
0: Did I say cotton? Or, or did did
2: you did you just <laughs> get some did you just get some Carolina in you? I I I, in think, I
0: I I might have. I might have. Paul. Paul. Good to have you on the show. Glad that you finally uh, showed up for your obligated uh, court duty.
2: Look, <laughs> all right. All right. I, I, so I'm late. I'm going to interject. Uh, with two things, one Ethan, good to meet you Hoss.
1: I'm yeah, Paul. Nice to meet you <laughs> hi Paul <laughs>
2: uh, I went out fishing today and and was gonna be back way before all this shit happened and let me tell you we got on them we 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 caught we touched unhooked and threw back in 90 plus fish. We had over a hundred that got to the boat and we were just trying to boat flip them in to get them unhooked that came off over a hundred bath insane insane then i got home my wife got a splinter in her damn foot and me being country she's like you gotta get this out well that splinter broke off up in the under the skin and so there wasn't a way to grab it so i got her soaking in some epsom salts and she's probably gonna text me or holler at me and i'm gonna have to run up there with a needle some thread my pocket knife and some, some 110 proof alcohols and I'm probably going to have to needle it out but um we'll see I, I don't think that's going to work but I'm going to try my best so I'm going to have to go do some surgerizing but get back to Alex Colton all these
1: fish <laughs>
0: Uh, so, Ethan, welcome to Bass and Brews. Uh, we, we cover fishing, uh, drinking, and uh, how to get splinters out. That's Honestly, I
1: just kind of want to listen to him talk for the next 40 minutes. I, I just, I'm good. I don't need to hear any more of my stories. <laughs> well, easy now, easy now, because
2: 40, <laughs> minutes, turns, 40 minutes turns into three hours. Really I won't do that. Fast. <laughs> really fast. Yeah, we've, we've had numerous people come on and be like, I only got an hour. And two hours later, oh, my God, we have to end?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's um, – I, I go to bed super early, so I am going to have a hard cutoff at some point. I just – I do not function well if I don't get my sleep. Bo, so. So I'm with you.
2: There are, there are more nights out of the week than not. Tuesdays and or whatever day we record this shitty podcast, I'm in bed before the kids because I get up super early.
1: Yeah, same. but
2: uh, yeah. Hey, I feel you, dude, man. Old, old man at heart. you said, how old are you? I'm
1: 29, but I basically am going on 72.
2: This man, <laughs> this man sent a message out talking about I'm old. I go to bed early. He's 29. I I got 11 years on you. Yeah, well, 11.
1: I get up at 4:30 every morning. It's just I've always been early to bed, early to rise. It's just who I am. I've yeah. been that way as a kid. It's just who I am. <laughs>
0: Listen, man, as a, uh, as, as a parent, you might have to change that, right? Like, I used to be the same way, and then it turned into early to rise, late to bed, and you're just going to learn how to function with four hours of sleep.
1: Well, he's doing just fine. He goes to bed at 7 o'clock, so I go to bed at 8.30. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, we're stretching it. I'll go to bed at 9, 9.15. There you go. Look, I grew up
2: in a little small podunk town in South Carolina. And I got up before the sun came up, and I watched the Three Stooges on TV. And then once the sun started peeking over and we get that little bit of daybreak, I was out in the yard, and I was doing the dumbest shit that I could do, which usually <laughs> meant taking something metal and beating against some other metal shit. And we didn't have a lot of neighbors, but the neighbors within a mile radius would would talk, say, oh God, I, heard, I heard Paul up this morning doing something. I'd be on my neighbor's windows, knocking on the windows, like, "Hey, hey, you want to play?" It's <laughs> five thirty in the damn morning. I'm like, tap, tap, tap. You know, you get shot for that shit nowadays. Hey, I would say I,
1: I would recommend not doing that anymore, Paul. I I don't think that would be a good look. A big he a still does it. A large bearded man at five thirty in the morning knocking on my window. I would be terrified. <laughs> I would be absolutely <laughs> but, terrified.
2: But when you're this handsome, people are usually like, "Oh yeah, let's let's wake up and play." Please
1: have pancakes. But also,
2: I also live in a high pollutant <laughs> neighborhood now, so I can't be doing that shit because the the homeowners association, aka the HO assholes, are like, "Oh
0: my god, this motherfucker left a bag of pot and soil out front. Let's give him a ding on his record." Listen, Ethan, you might not know this. He's already on thin ice. We had an episode. Uh We had an episode where Paul, hold on, we had an episode where Paul was running to pick his kid up in the neighborhood, he was running around his neighborhood barefoot, on the podcast live, live streaming as he's trying to talk with his dirty mouth the whole time.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad, I'm not (laughs) glad I missed that, I wish I would have saw that, but (laughs) hopefully I can get some, some footage of that experience.
2: A hundred percent recorded yeah. on the the YouTube's. It's it's on the YouTube's, and I'm pretty sure if Alex hadn't if Alex hadn't taken part of that out and put it on the TikTok, we're losing we're losing subscribers on Tac. I should probably I think, put that you, on the TikTok. Yeah, where you at, Ethan? Where you live? Uh,
1: I live in uh, Southwest Michigan.
2: Oh shit! Okay, I thought you and there were Baldwin a White Cloud. Say again, Baldwin. <laughs> Or white
1: cloud. Uh oh. So Baldwin, that's north of me. I'm not sure where okay. white white cloud.
2: They all in the same area. I'll tell you what. I grew up in the Carolinas, and I fought Wild and fire. And we did some details up in western Michigan. I mm. think it was midwestern Michigan up yeah, in the Midwest, it's, yeah, further north. But that's yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I saw more Confederate flags <laughs> up there than I did growing up in the state of fucking Michigan.
1: Man, and I'm white cloud. And yeah, it's kind of uh, weird.
0: Weird. But place.
2: apparently, I can't remember the name of the little river we were. They called it a creek or they called it a river, but that bitch was a creek. Anyway, it was um it was,
0: oh, like was some it of a creek best- or was it a crick?
2: No, nah, you get all right. Look, here's here's some southern dialect for you. You get a crick in your neck. When you wake up and your neck be hurting, that's a crick. When you go fishing. If you can jump across it, that's a fucking creek. Anything farther than what you can jump across is a river. Not
1: so, so sure.
2: So you have a, a Ethan, lot. Of rivers this is involved. this is my this is half my podcast, Ethan. You don't have to agree, but you can't say it out loud.
1: <laughs> All right,
0: fair enough.
2: <laughs> no, but I can't remember the name of the river. But up there in that that area that we were at, and I think it was White Cloud, was where we were stationed. There's sure. a, a river up in there that was apparently some of the best fishing in that area, and people came Manistee. there. And Manistee,
1: Manistee,
2: it might have been. I don't know. This shit was like, steelhead. yeah, things. steelhead and
1: trout. Yeah,
2: yeah. They 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 had guides and stuff there, and I didn't get to fish it because I was putting out fires to save Rednecks homes. But anyway, um, it was a good time. It was a good time. But my wife's family's originally from Traverse City,
1: which is nice. kind of yeah. I know the other side. But, I, yeah, I do love. I love Northern Michigan. I, I don't get to travel up there as much as I'd like to, but we usually go up North for at least one or two weekends of summer. And it's, it's really pretty, this whole area, you know, really Michigan has a lot to offer from a an outdoorsman standpoint, you know, whether mm. you like fishing or not, there's just so much to explore. So I love it. Li- I uh, love living here. I grew up in Kansas, which is a lot more of just like farm ponds and, and small reservoirs and whatnot, muddy water. So totally different change of pace.
2: You doing morel hunting?
1: I did when I was in Kansas. I haven't really messed with it up here. I just when I have time to do anything, I go fishing.
2: my man see that's the, like that's that's the kind of shit I like to hear when I hear a an angler talk about, oh, I don't fish in the winter, I hunt. I'm like, you know what? you're dead to me, <laughs>
1: <laughs> whatever to each his own, but for me, it's like I just i fishing or bust
2: I like it. Do, you, do you fish in the winter?
1: Yeah, up here, I mean, it's kind of different. It's like, well, quite honestly, it's like um, I always thought I was going to live in the south, you know, maybe like Texas or something, but life just kind of happened this way and I live in Michigan and honestly, ice fishing is pretty fun. Um, I definitely prefer open water, but ice fishing is pretty fun and it's something to do. As long as you have a hobby during the winter, you can get by just fine in the north. And uh, for me, what's beautiful about ice fishing is every year I feel like I just get a little bit better. And we have a pretty short window here. It's not like Minnesota where you can fish for like <laughs> straight months. It's like we have a short window. Yeah. So it, it takes a long time to like get good at it. It's like it takes several seasons to figure it out because you get like five, six trips, you know, when you're a working, you know, working man and you only have so many weekends. So anyways, yeah, I fish year round. I'll fish anytime. I, I'll fish creek chubs when nothing else is biting. I'll catch whatever, whenever. doesn't matter to me. I just want to catch something.
2: All right, I I, I I hate to to wreck the podcast midway and run, but I got to go get my pocket knife, a couple needles, and my blowtorch and try to get this uh, splinter out my wife's foot. So let me take a big old swig of alcohol before I go surgerize
1: her foot. I'm terrified right now.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, it's almost at the point, like, do we uh, make sure that Paul records this and we'll put it on... Uh, the bass and bruise. Well, you said you need safe.
1: TikTok followers. I would definitely put that foot, that foot splinter on TikTok. I think it my millions. My my microphone
2: would be down here on the computer, but I got my headphones in, so I can hear when y'all talk shit about me. So when I get back, <laughs> you just wait,
0: Alex. All right, don't don't ruin so, it, Alex. Don't fuck it up no more than I already have. Please. He totally derailed us. Uh, That's okay. You have a, Honestly, I haven't. I mean, it's bass and brews, right? But I do have a total side story about creek chubs, right? And this has nothing to do with fishing. Well, it kind of does. I, I, worked at, uh, I worked at a command center in Philly, and we had two old retired uh, coasties who now work as a civilian for the Coast Guard as a search and rescue controller. And there was uh, one of these guys was telling the other one, hey, I was catching some creek chubs the other day. The guy's like, I don't know what that looks like. And he's like trying to describe it. He goes, no, man, I'll just go on my phone and Google it. Uh, That is something that you got to ensure when you go to images that you have your safe filter on. Because uh, this man uh, on our big computer, like we have a giant wall of knowledge, right? It's like it's a giant like uh, I think it's like eight feet across, four feet up. He goes in and he types in Creek Chub and he found something completely different than what he thought.
1: Well, it was not the chub I was going for. <laughs> it was
0: totally different, totally different chub. But um, uh, well, okay,
1: well, Bass and bruise. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I'm glad that you got to meet Paul. We'll see if uh, he's going to come back. But um, so meal fishing. So right now for soft plastics, you have the jig, uh, the soft plastic. You have the donkey tail and the donkey tail junior. Correct.
1: Uh Donkey tail, donkey tail junior, horsefly, mule minnow, 1.2, 2.2, and three point two. So I've gotten a little bit, a uh, little bit more now, and right. uh, more in the works.
0: You got more in the works, yeah. You you, you, care to, you care to give listeners a uh, drop? What do you got?
1: No, I mean it'll be a while before <laughs> some of this stuff comes out um, because it's always there's always something in the in the noggin, but it just takes time. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I would just say. When when it comes to Mule, you should probably never expect things to be launched that are species specific. Um, it's gonna be a lightline multi-species company. So it's gonna be a gear that's focused on catching a lot of fish. Um and, you know, a lot of times that's pan fish oriented and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's really built around the multi-species angler. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, but that's kind of what Mule is all about is you know, I, I think that our industry it's sometimes frustrating in my opinion and that's you know part of the reason mule exists is i feel like we there's a lot of companies that there's a species specific this and there's a species specific that here's the crappie option here's the bluegill option here's the trout option here's the bass option here's the redfish option here's this option i just made 5000 different baits and then i'm going to tell you that you need all of them it's like no, no you don't like how many of us have a wall of fishing gear and then we use four percent of it we gotta like i feel like the industry is constantly trying to sell more and more and more it's like for mule it's it's all about creating a simple system to catch as many dang fish as possible um so that's anyways i'll shut up
0: <laughs> no that's it, it stop stop you're good that's the beauty of what you're doing though because you're absolutely right and i mean from uh I, I guess a business standpoint that's kind of better right like you want to make uh As many baits as possible because the impulse buyer is going to buy them all. Uh, You're going to make them as not durable as possible because then they'll have to rebuy the packs.
1: Well, Oh, our super, super soft option is so much more realistic and it triggers more bites, 30% more bites based on our science. It's like... I mean, (laughs) no, it doesn't. And I mean, okay, now I just sold 40 packs of something that's also, by the way, it's not good for the ecosystem. When I could have sold one pack of something that catches just as many fish and um, it reduces the amount you have to pay and it reduces the footprint on the ecosystem. Boom. (laughs) But that's not, that's not how a lot of things are. You know, that's kind of where we are as society too. It's like, it's kind of how, we are in general. We like to buy, 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 sell, sell, mm-hmm. sell. And so I, I I'm not focused on selling you more. I'm actually my goal would be for people that buy mule gear, I want them to own less fishing gear. I want them to have a simple system that works every time.
0: I that's so incredibly refreshing to hear. And it's it's only I mean, you're only really gonna get that from a small company. Hopefully it becomes a big company, but a small company <laughs> That's actually ran by an angler who gives a shit about the fisheries and the fisherman himself like you are you're encompassing that right like you want something easy for somebody to get out in they don't have to buy a ton of it pick a pick a couple colors you like and go at it and you're gonna be you're, you're gonna be good with yeah. the gear that you yeah. have
1: I two comments so you said pick a couple colors you like well I, there's, I constantly have people offering you know, feedback on color options. Like, hey, I'd like to see this color and that color and this color. And I just want to be clear, I love feedback, so never hesitate. And I agree that there's probably some opportunities. But part of the reason that I have limited colors is because I want to offer colors that are going to work for most all anglers in numerous situations. But I don't want to just offer more and more and more just because. Um, mm-hmm. I, the I'm very limited for a reason because I don't. It's not necessarily necessary a lot of times to have 20 or 30 color options. Again, I think that there's probably room to expand on what I have because I am smaller and I can just, you know, my cash flow can only dictate so much inventory. But, but at the same time, I think sometimes we overcomplicate things and we offer so many colors, but it's not ne- necessarily, um, you know, needed. Um, and then the other thing is you mentioned conservation or you mentioned basically like taking care of fisheries too. Mm-hmm. Well, With mule, mule fishing, one of the things that I take a lot of pride in and I have to give my wife credit for this. She actually dropped off this third beer. So shout out to my wife, but yeah, <laughs> shout out, but uh, part of mule is there's a waterway cleanup initiative. And so essentially what that looks like is it either looks like time or money. So basically resources from mule is going to go back into waterway cleanup Um, you know, across the country. So at first that started by just me basically going around and picking up local rivers and whatnot. And then I would just give back my own time. Well, I quickly realized that, you know, as it scales and gets bigger, I just simply can't keep up with that. Mm -hmm. So I've started to branch out and I've donated financially to, you know, Nonprofit organizations that have the same interest in mind, but I've also worked with other creators and I've worked with other anglers in general to give back financially to basically have them go out and do the same thing. So, you know, recently I I put out something on Instagram. I basically said, hey, if you want to do some waterway cleanup and you want, you know, I would like Mule to be able to you know support that. So. I was able to get like eight or nine people. They went out in their local areas. They spent, you know, anywhere from an hour to two hours picking up trash. They then sent me pictures and I sent them gear. And I'm just basically like, hey, you're going to go out and do that. I'm going to hook you up. <laughs> like, and um, I want to continue to build on that and do more outreach across communities, across the states to help pick up the trash, the crap that people leave at waterways. A lot of times, sadly, it's fishermen. So we have a lot of work to do with regards to taking care of our fisheries, because I don't know about you, but I would challenge you if you don't see this regularly, go walk the banks at your next fishing hole. You're going to see so much dang fishing line. You're going to see worm containers. You're going to see cigarette butts. You're going to see this, that, and the other thing. And half of it, some unfortunately, half of it sometimes is by anglers. Other times it's you know, plastic bottles that drifted there from who knows where, but But at the end of the day, we've got a long ways to go. And uh, if we keep doing it the way we're doing it, the fish are going to have a hard time thriving in these ecosystems.
0: No, I think that's, man, again, like you're, uh, again, you guys got to follow him. He's, he's literally, he's doing the company the right way. We already talked about doing the YouTube the right way. Right. And it's, uh, like it, it doesn't seem you're egotistical about it. It's you actually care about all of this, and, and you can really tell your genuine love for uh, this sport, hobby, whatever you want to call it, this lifestyle. Um, and it's it's super appreciative. It's super refreshing to see that. It's not like you're trying to catch on the next fad to get that money grab. You're there to <laughs> it to, would be. A
1: That's for me to be egotistical. I am just a regular Joe, just trying to. Making's meet with my job, trying to create a little side hustle for fun and try to help people catch fish. But at the end of the day, I mostly catch fish about that long. I'm no expert. I just have fun.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, so we're about ready to get to a portion of the show, right? So this portion of the show has either uh, sank or raised many of guests. So before we get there, I want to give you an opportunity to give any thanks, anything you'd like to uh, send out before we get into the uh, the world famous. Uh, and by world, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Bass and Brews is the number one podcast uh, in Antarctica and the Panama Canal. Uh, because uh, if you guys don't know, you can set your podcast location to anywhere. And we've done that to solidify those two locations. So
1: Ah very yeah. smart.
0: Right. So so when I go out to people, I can be like, listen, I'm the number one podcast in a region. I just don't tell them the region that it's Antarctica or not Panama, the actual physical Panama Canal.
2: I like So, that. so what am I just chopped liver? You said your What's this about? Oh,
0: I forgot you were back on. Uh how did surgery go?
2: It did not it did not go good. The the blowtorch, the blowtorch malfunctioned, and now my wife has a crusty pinky toe, and she also still has a splinter in her foot. Rest in peace, Mama Hammer. Uh, That toe will be uh... last of beer. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, if she would have let me sliced a little bit more with my pocket knife, I probably could have got it out, but she wouldn't let me cut any deeper.
1: Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like a horror film.
2: <laughs> Bobby, do you want a splinter or do you not want a splinter?
1: Well, I don't because- want a malfunctioning blowtorch and a large man with a beard cutting me with a knife. No, neither of those things sound appealing. <laughs> See, this one. Is- this is hold what's on, funny. Even, hold on. Hold on. Nah, nah, <laughs> no, no, <gasps> nah, nah, no, 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 nah, nah,
0: nah. This no, 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 I really don't No, know. not that. He that's, just looks like built, dude. He's like, no, he's fat. He's fat. Nah, he,
1: he's
2: fat. No. he just he can tell that Alex is 4 foot 12 and 3 quarters on the camera <laughs> and I'm not.
1: I can tell, hey, you got your arms? Yeah. Got some meat to those arms. You holding a well, knife would terrify. He's, you. he's also got have-
0: He's got a full rump roast on his gut, though, too. So. There's
1: nothing wrong with that. Quit body shaming.
0: Uh, well, <laughs> no, no,
2: we can get, look, there is something very wrong with that. Like, when your heart starts not to act right because you're fat, you should be fat shamed into losing weight. I mean, th- there's a health concern there. And And on the side of that, you talked about how big my arms are because I started throwing a drop shot this year. And I got a medium light rig with it. And the last uh four or five trips out, I have caught six-pound fucking catfish.
0: <laughs> and
2: they have towed my fat ass around on my Hobie PA 14. Boat, I had one Saturday. It took me 10 minutes to get in. I'm trying to go to fuck home. Like I want to leave. Don't and complain it's, it's, about that, man. I was Zoo. 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 All over, a, the damn, all over the damn lake, I'm trying to get this bitch off. I'm like, can you please break? I, there's two things I learned. One, I don't know what the hell my knot I'm tying from braid to flora is. I don't know the name of it, but that knot is damn good. That bitch ain't broke off. The hook, I, I caught 20 fish that day, two catfish over six, and a bunch of other catfish, and that hook still was penetrating them good. I mean, it was great. I, it's it's crazy, but that my damn arm sore as shit, man. I felt like I went ocean
1: fishing. Who needs to lift weights when you can lift six pound catfish on a drop shot rod? Well,
2: lifting weights, stupid. I did that for five years in college playing football. That's dumb. Now I just, See,
1: was I right? hold on, hold on, was time out, Ethan. Time out, Ethan. He's wrong. Nope, nope. Hold and on, I'm holding a knife to your toe.
0: Hold on. He talks about how he played college football. He my wife's fucking, toe.
1: He was he the was punter. Toe.
0: He was the punter. No lie, not a real position.
1: Hey, that is the best position to play, though. Let's be real. If I could be an NFL player in any position, it would be the punter. Because I don't want to go out there and get destroyed and tear an ACL or do something like that. I just want to kick a ball. I play, like, you know, six snaps. I'm good. And I get paid? Oh, yeah. I would do that all day, every day. If I could be an NFL punter, done. I'm doing it. So I was a little bit different, Punter.
2: I like to hit people. Like, I tried to hit people. The other thing, the punter's got to have the best hands on the team. Like, a wide receiver can drop two or three balls in a game, and ain't nobody going to say no shit. The punter kept, drops one ball. That's like a 15 to 30-yard loss on downs. They get it where you drop it. Alex is He's just mad because Alex, Alex is mad because he couldn't do the most simplest skateboard tricks <laughs> and couldn't even be semi-college semi professional-level skateboarder.
0: Skateboarder? Is that a thing? Yeah.
2: Look, I'll I tell you what. I'll tell you what. If it wasn't for kayak fishing, I there's no way in hell I would be less than 300 pounds right now because I have gained I have gained 30 pounds since I started kayak fishing, and I don't just fart around on the kayak. like I, I cover 8, 12, 15 miles. And, you know, four and a half miles an hour. People can't keep up with me. I'm still fat. It's a damn shame.
0: It really is. I think, is. It's, uh, I, I think uh, the problem is you have that shitty hobby. is probably uh, why you don't work out as much.
2: Says, says the man that has never been in anything besides the, the, the kayak that he's used three times in the last almost nine months.
0: <laughs> All right. So Ethan, let's give you a shot to shout out whoever you'd like to at this point before we get to uh, the shotgun round
1: I don't have a lot of shout outs um I will say um, I'll, I'll do one shout out just because I appreciate him very much um, my buddy Ramon uh, Ramon outdoors I believe he um, he's a mutual friend here and yes. um, you know he's been a really good good friend to me he's been incredibly generous with his time and um, he's also, you know, he he loves the mule gear and he shows it, and it just means the world to me. So um, I'm gonna shout out Ramon outdoors. If you guys haven't watched him on YouTube, make sure to a quick watch. Um, he's a nice guy. He's working hard and uh, he's doing it right. So
2: and shout out to Ramon for his PB this past. Week. Just caught his PB. Yeah, best. I think I think I think two out of the last three weeks he's increased that PB too.
0: Yeah.
1: He's doing well.
0: And if people don't know, go all the way back, Ramon outdoors <laughs> is actually the very first mm-hmm. guest of Bass and Bruce. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that. He was my very first guest. He is And
2: he's and he's the really only reason good. Alex has done more than one episode.
0: <laughs> well, I tried to quit uh, when I got deployed, but somehow I got wrote back in. Um
1: well, I'm glad you're still here because uh this is
0: fun.
2: Yeah. Nope. Well, thank God hey, man. He got right back in because if he would have quit when he got deployed, I'd have still done the podcast. But all the shit you see on social media from the point pictures that of he knives and nuts. Like, yeah, from December to when he got back in like April, <laughs> y'all saw how shitty the social media podcasts were. That's how shitty it would continue to be. It would be a podcast. But damn, the promotion would be like grade A 10-year-old level bullshit posts.
1: Just to be clear, I bet 10-year-olds are a lot better at all this stuff than any <laughs> of us.
0: Specifically Paul. They are oh, specifically better they, at it
1: than Paul. I'm sure they can put the together... Only,
0: the, only the only
2: thing ones. a 10-year-old couldn't do better than me is actually run the podcast as well. All that other shit, yes, they could definitely do that. See, yeah. Alex is getting antsy. You see him getting antsy? He he be getting antsy when I start talking. He's all
0: talking. right, all right. So we're gonna hit the shotgun round, Ethan. We're gonna hit the shotgun round. This is uh, this is your, uh, you know, your quintessential right off the top of your head. We want the uh, just true. We, we we've already got you lubricated enough. You've had two or three beers. We're ready to get true answers to <laughs> Don't talk, both.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Ola, Ola, Bo, Ola, Bo. You, can't, you can't say we got you lubricated enough with three dudes on the on on no, no, no. No. you gotta no. choose a better fucking word, dude. <laughs> all right, are you ready?
1: I am. All, all right. am Te-
0: text
2: hey, Alex, or- am I answering any, am I asking any of these questions or is it all you?
0: It, it you can answer, go ahead. Ask the first one, Paul.
2: Do you eat
1: largemouth bass? I've eaten maybe like one in my life how delicious was it wasn't
2: it so delicious
1: it's been a long time but i'm i honestly i'm sure in the right conditions they taste fine and i'm going to give a quick little plug i have no problem with keeping bass as long as it's conservation forward um there's a lot of lakes in my area that are heavily overpopulated and it would actually do the lake a service to keep a few from time to time so trust fisheries biologists
0: I like it. Uh, Are you slow jams or hype music?
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm country music, and a lot of times that's a sad country song, so a little bit slower.
0: (laughs) Hey, a a, a quick plug, and we – Bass and Brews, I don't know if you know this, Ethan, we totally bit off your style. If you go to Spotify, he's got a playlist, and I completely bit off that. If you guys don't know, you can find a Bass and Brews playlist too. But you've got – you got some Coulter wall in there, which is uh primo good country.
1: Yeah. Mule fishing uh, Spotify playlist basically encompasses what, what the brand is all about. I mean, it's just, it's country music. It's um I feel like it's just like the hardworking man kind of music. And uh, so check out mule fishing Spotify playlist. It's over her 500 songs now and it's, I like to think it's good stuff, and I like to think there's a few things that you probably haven't heard yet. So uh, it's totally free. So go check check it out. Uh,
0: the Bass and Brews podcast is uh, the the playlist for it is not encompassing of the company. It's my shitty punk pop. Uh, I'll listen musical taste. So I like it,
2: hey, Ethan. Ethan, if this gives you any idea what his Spotify podcast looks like when he went when he went on his detail he gave me access to his YouTube channel and all the stuff that I need to do to make my shitty posts and all this and that. Well, I was, I would go on the YouTube channel to do the stuff that I need to. And every now and again on my phone, I would look and there would be a bunch of wrestling and skateboarding (laughs) videos. I'm like, why in the hell am I getting, why, why are they recommending this? And I look up and it's on his damn shit. Like, Every time I log on, this there's no fishing videos. All the recommendations are wrestling and skateboarding. I'm not gonna and, lie though,
1: skateboarding videos are incredibly fun to watch. <laughs> I, Listen, I, I, here, I have no interest in skateboarding, but watching those videos is kind of soothing. It's like I, cool. I
0: as a as, as a teenager, I skateboarded and then I stopped doing it, and then when the Olympics came around, yeah. I. I was watching skateboarding with my kids, and uh, they start doing it. I, I tell my oldest, I go, hey, dad used to do that. And she looked at me. and She goes, there's no way. And I was like, what do you mean there's no way? She goes, you're too fat. Boom. Next day, I went out and bought a skateboard at 37 years old and uh, retaught myself at a skateboard. Nice. Um, but you're right. I love skate videos. I love watching those old school uh, videos. They're, they're amazing. And if you're a creator, I'm going to tell you what, skate videos – know how to tell a visual story and a travel vlog before that was a thing. Very well. Like they were really good at that back in the day.
1: You can learn from any, you know, type of creator. So ultimately, Mm -hmm. you know, if you sit around, like if you like are making videos of any type and you sit around and watch videos of like type content, you're probably doing yourself a disservice. Heck go watch, you know, documentaries on Netflix, go watch this, that, or the other. I mean, you'll learn a lot if you start to focus on um, how other people create content and tell stories. Um, and it doesn't need to be the same thing you do. But right. you know,
2: when we, you know, when we had Alex Rudd on, he talks about he watches maybe one or two fishing YouTube channels, Greg Blanchard yeah. and probably Edwin Evers, because that dude loves some Edwin. But he <laughs> talked about the podcast that he, or the YouTube videos that he watches are, people talking about making YouTube videos. Mm. So that's, he, he focused in, and you know, if you want to follow somebody and I mean make, he puts out good content. All right, Alex, I see you twiddling your thumbs and shit. Let's go, go on with the questions. Don't let me get off on no tangents.
0: All right. Well, speaking of Alex Rudd, uh, he does a segment on his show called uh, overrated or Underrated." So is Alex Rudd overrated or underrated?
1: No idea. I uh, I'm familiar with who he is. but I don't watch his stuff. So so he's overrated. Okay, finally, overrated. We
0: finally got Come somebody on. said he was overrated. No, 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 no. He's the second <laughs> one. Uh, the uh, primary jumpmaster episode. He also said he was overrated I'm, because he doesn't know him, which I like to no,
1: hear. No, I just to be clear, I and I want to be because if Alex watches this, I want <laughs> I'm like Alex. I don't sit around and watch fishing videos. I spend time making fishing videos yeah. and. I love to watch some videos from time to time, and I think it's great. And I'm sure he does an awesome job. But if you w- are really passionate about creating, you will find that the limited time you have, you're going to spend creating and not yep. consuming. And that's uh, yep. what you got to do.
2: <laughs> no,
0: it's, it, it's, it, it's all, all I have
2: hundreds of hours of fishing videos that are in the cloud. Because I don't
0: want to do this shit to put that shit out. <laughs> All right, are you putting pineapple on your pizza? Yes or no?
1: I love pineapple on my pizza.
0: My man, Paul, you're out. Ethan's the new guest host. Um, are you a Crocs or are you Flops?
1: Flops over Crocs. This
0: the, never you know mind. You've a, been kicked about, right off. Paul, you're back.
2: I'm about to sign off. This. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. He's fucked up the last two questions. Let's keep. You going like? You both like
1: Crocs? Thing. Yes. I mean, well, crocs are fine, but I don't, I don't. to me, honestly, neither of those. I wear Tevas. <laughs> like, I like my sandals. Oh, and well, and I'll, I'll rock them with socks and I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> I enjoy my sandals. My
0: man. Like, listen, you, you definitely are a, uh, what, a 28, 29-year-old trapped in a 70-year-old's body.
2: <laughs> he got, he got the Jesus sandals on. Look, the only reason I wear crocs is when I go to the <laughs> ramp, so I don't step on no damn hooks or glass at the ramp. I put them on to to launch the boat, and I take them off. And I don't care if it's twenty degrees outside or not. I'm barefoot. And then when I get back to the ramp, I put them on to take the boat out, so I don't get a hook or glass or you know some kind of damn needle. I don't you know, any of that
1: I, shit in my foot. See, here's what's funny about Crocs is like Crocs started out as a company that catered to fourteen or, or no, sorry eight to 12 year old girls girl scouts you know it's like it was oh this is fun and you can even pop in your little buttons and like cool and like they were like that's what happened that's what they started out as my sister had some and then all of a sudden they were like oh they're also for old women and then like my grandma had some and then like my mom was like yo i'm gonna get some of these and now it's like every bass fisherman or like 37 year old dude is like yeah you know what I don't really want to tie my shoes, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> these things are kind of cool. I have never,
2: I have never, in the sixty-seven episodes of this podcast, and I don't know. Really, I think I've, I've never been this fucking attacked in my life. I just called in the last twenty seconds. I got called a twelve to fourteen-year-old girl, a mama, a mama, and then every other angler out there. I, I feel attacked. I feel I'm I feel violated. I feel like I've been violated. Ethan, you know what, Ethan? You you, my friend, are are I love it. This is awesome. You have Honestly, you have attacked me more than Alex has tried to attack me and he's never been successful. In the last twenty seconds, you have done what Alex couldn't do in the last fifty episodes.
1: Well, Paul Congratulations. I feel better too is uh I have been so excited just in the last 30 minutes of listening to your stories. Like I have to go back and listen to all your episodes because this is the just right move. entertaining. Like you are just listen. you're a very funny the only
2: one the only one you need to listen to was episode 12 when I was a guest. Because cool. that was the first time Alex had to go past two and a half hours.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> yeah.
2: But it, it was it, it was a good one. All all the stories came out on that one. But yeah, it's great. It's great. This is this ah. is wonderful. I love this. This is awesome. Ethan you've been a great guest. If this was a two-hour episode, I'm not sure where this would go. It would probably be, probably be in my top five.
0: <laughs> He's got to wow,
1: go to bed. Man. All right, let's get rolling on. <laughs> if it was so, two hours, it might be in my top
0: five. Wow. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> really <right>. special. <laughs> Do I get a I participation trophy? I, <laughs> I think I know the answer to this one, but let's throw this one out here. You're fishing for three hours. Would you rather catch five two-pounders or one seven-pounder?
1: One seven-pounder. You said five two-pounders. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, it blew my mind. If you would have said one four-pounder, I would have said the 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 two-pounders. Anything five and five and up, I'm going for the big. But as a
0: multi-species, a a tug is the drug guy. That that you said five fish,
1: five versus one. Two two pounders, I can catch two pounders any day of the week. Pass mm. fishing here, seven pounder—that's a really nice fish. Wow. I'm taking Perfect. that for the week. I'll take that awesome. over. I'll take that over. Twenty-two pounders.
2: Wow. Hey, have you ever eaten chub?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, in, in the context of that question, no. <laughs> well,
2: well, well, there's another question with some context to it. That one had no context to it, but.
0: Because I grew What's up the,
2: eating red suckers. Say it again. I grew up eating red suckers, which is like a a big. I've never animal. eaten. One. I'm
1: sure. I'm sure any fish can technically be just fine to eat, right? Like I, you know, it's funny. It's like um, a lot of, you know, people in Europe. I want to say, um, is it Poland specific? I can't remember what country, but um, they like carp is like a, a really. Like it's in a delicacy. It's like a really good fish to eat. And it's like here in America, we're all like, oh, it has whiskers and it's gross and it's slimy. And it's like, you yeah. it probably can yeah. be prepared well, right? Like Carp,
0: carp, carp is can, huge yeah. in Eastern Europe and it's huge in South America.
2: I can, I can fillet a cart, a large mouth bass, a crappie, fry them up, feed them to people. And all these people that taste that say bass, for instance, tastes like mud. That's what I always hear. I could fry them up, and I guarantee you, ninety nine percent of people wouldn't know what the fuck they eat. <laughs> oh. If you told them it was all crappy, it's like it's the best crappy I ever ate. Well, bitch, that's
1: smart. <laughs> well, so I agree with that. Like it, with frying food in general, it's like, I mean, which is the best way to eat? most fish it's like it's, true. it's fried like it's so good like it's just i'm american and i don't care and i will eat those no. extra calories and i will have that greasy food and it's fine but like you fry something up you put tartar sauce on it at a certain point you know does it really matter but no i, nope. I will say that crappie crappie beats most species i love crappie and i know there's a lot of people out there that are huge on walleye but i do love eating crappie
2: Never eaten walleye, but I've heard that and I've always wanted to try it. But yeah, we got a different story for a different time. I had some Yankees up your way, Michigan, Minnesota, come down to South Carolina, caught a bunch of bass, fried them up, and they were small, so I didn't fillet them. I just gutted them, deheaded them, and fried the whole damn fish. And one of the guys looks at me and he's got this bass in his hand. He's like, "How the hell do I eat this?" <laughs> like, he's like, "It's got bones in it." And I'm like, "Well, wow. let me show you." And he, it, he I actually I would
1: probably ask the same question. I I see a lot of people on like Facebook and stuff, they post their pictures of their bluegill with they just like chop the head off and fry yeah. thing. And I'm like, but, I'm, what what do you how'd you do
2: that? Look, on a bluegill especially, the fins are like to potato chips. So when you fry it, you eat all the fins first. They're like little potato chips, you know, crunchy. And Can you just like
1: show me yeah, we'll we'll have to follow up on this. <laughs>
2: You have to come down and visit and I'll fry you up so I'll fry you up some whole whole fish, minus the guts. Now my my son likes to eat the head, so I fry him, I gut it, and then we fry the whole damn fish, so the eyeballs are looking at you and shit. He eats the hell out of it. But he's it's scared of flies, so it doesn't matter. All right, next question. Well we speaking, three hours we don't
0: stop. Speaking, speaking of eating, uh, this is the most important question out of all of them. And I like to frame this as every Fisherman loves a good sandwich.
2: On the no, you missed one. You missed one. I didn't. What did I miss? Go ahead, Paul. All right. You're 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 in Michigan now. Have you ever eaten beaver?
1: No. <laughs> Why do you keep asking me questions like that? Oh,
2: no, that's a real question.
1: I have never consumed the large rodent beaver. No.
2: It is delicious. Get that. I mean, it is. That's all seriously. That's some of the best eating you can eat. I mean, it's good.
1: Well, so, I certainly I will certainly note that in my pat, notepad here and <laughs> I'll follow up. <laughs> all lines. right, we we're in
2: that area, so you yeah, know, just just catch you one and fry it up. Well, yeah. I, 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 all right.
0: Alex. Go ahead, go ahead. We Speaking, run out of time.
2: Large
1: It spends ninety percent of its time in water. Tastes good. Sounds yeah, interesting. No.
0: <laughs> but you know what fishermen do like? They like a good sandwich. So, sandwiches. to end the show, let me get your top three sandwich proteins. Now, before you answer, there's a lot of shows where they're like, hey, we'll welcome you. Uh, if you, whatever you want to say, if you say the wrong thing, because we've had some wrong answers, we will chastise you immensely. Okay. So you're no, this is fine. Top three. Top I got three it. sandwich proteins
1: okay um, I'm gonna go with my number three will be this is this is actually a Tough question because it's like, how do you? I've always, this always brings back the question of what is a sandwich? You know, how do you define a sandwich? Because to okay. me, it's like if you're talking about like a hamburger is a sandwich, like obviously, that like, you know, beef is coming in, but it's not, it's not. And I don't like, it's not meat. a
2: sandwich. No, 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 time out, time out. A sandwich is a protein.
1: You're talking a standard sandwich. Just a protein,
2: a protein between two layers of bread.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with turkey at number three. Um, I'm going to go with, God, I love PB and J's peanut butter at number two. Okay. I don't think I'm we've
0: had it. that one yet.
1: And then I'm going with, I'm just going to go with standard ham at number one. Um, because I just ham, mustard, pickles, and cheese. It's like hard mm. to beat.
0: Dude, you can't beat it. Yeah. Listen, you yeah. answered correctly. We've had raw Bread and butter, pickles, or deal?
1: Oh. Um, I'm bread and butter guy. Yes, I, I like I'm deal, but bread and butter, years. yeah.
0: On a sandwich, by itself, it's got to be a dill. But on a sandwich, bread and butter. But we've had awful answers, and we're going to recall all the way back to them where delirious angler said cheese. <laughs> no specific cheese, just fucking cheese. Cheese. This man's uh, got a block. This man's got what a block of that? cheddar cheese. Delirious angler. He's one of the at Hoodland members.
1: Cheese and what? What was the other one?
0: No, well, he just said cheese. The other really bad answer, Paul. Who was that from again? So our boy
2: Bailey from Serious yep. Angler says spinach.
0: <laughs> Yo.
1: I mean, spinach is fine, but your top three—it doesn't even fall in my top one hundred.
2: <laughs> exactly. Like spinach, spinach is an additive. Yeah, like, I mean, that's really a, just just an like
1: additive. that you're getting nutri- like you're getting nutrition, but you just like yeah. you don't taste it. Like, oh, cool, spinach in my protein shake, cool, and I don't yeah. taste it. But I get I mean, the uh, spinach on a sandwich, you get that
2: crunch and then you get that that blood, that blood taste, you know, that irony blood taste. But as like uh, I've awesome. eaten, I've eaten, I've a never many, had
0: spinach that tasted like that. Well, in uh, North
1: Carolina, it's different. Y'all
2: have never eaten blood sausage if you don't know what blood tastes like.
1: All right, we'll save the blood sausage conversation for another day, I think.
0: <laughs> all right, Ethan, uh, hang out for a minute, but it was uh, so great to have you on. We really appreciate it. Everybody go follow him. He's the online outdoorsman, mule fishing. He's got it all, man.
1: I appreciate your time, and thank you so much for having me on. It was really fun.
0: All right, hang out for just a minute. Uh, before we go, I just want to let you know about. Did it do it?